You're listening to Be Our Wave. Welcome everyone, this is VL Wave, Bart's podcast created as part of the Circadian, a magazine we hope that you're familiar with. My name's Nina Purvis, I'm a fourth year medical student here at Bart's. Um, just to let you know, our, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at BL Wave Podcast. We also have an email, so if you want to pitch a topic or showcase something that you've been doing in or out of medicine, we'd love to chat to you about it. The email address is thecircadianpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be linking these in the description as well. So today we have a special guest for International Women's Day on Monday the 8th of March and it's also Women's History Month. So we have Dr. Sherazade Looney um, and she is a core surgical trainee and she's also president of Essex Surgical Girls and also a Bart alumni. So welcome, Dr. Lunis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. So yeah, we're going to talk a bit about women in surgery um, and you. And it's basically for students who are interested in surgery, especially female students, because there's a lot of... It's a hot topic at the minute, and especially this month, I think it's important. There's a lot of events going on to talk about. So I've got some facts to spit out first. Uh, so from the Royal College of Surgery archives, the first woman surgeon in the UK in 1813 was a James Barry. I don't know her initial name, but she practiced as James Barry disguised as a man. And that wasn't really that long ago, 1813. And things have moved on a little bit now. So the ratio of male to female consultant surgeons in the UK is approximately eight to one. And the number of female consultant surgeons has risen by 10% over the past 30 years. So things are changing, but there's still, there isn't an equal parity between male and female surgeons. And I think surgery is definitely one of the areas that women are kind of underrepresented, especially in earlier roles. So yeah, please, over to you. Tell us about yourself and your involvement with women in surgery. Hi, yeah, so um, so as you mentioned, so I went to just to med school at Barts. Um, loved my time there, obviously. Um, and then I went on to do my foundation training in Basildon. Um, at the time, I already had an interest in surgery, um, especially in the latter years of medical school, where you've got a bit more exposure to surgical specialties, you're spending time in theatre. I really loved it. And so I wanted to continue um, down that path and planned to apply to core surgical training after foundation training. Um, while doing my foundation training, obviously, you realise you, you end up with quite a close knit group of friends and mentors and registrars who you work very closely with and we realized that there was a group of us who just happened to all be girls um, who were really keen and really interested in surgery um, and we were lucky that there was a registrar called Andrew Bussatil who's a vascular registrar is currently working in London now um, who kind of said okay well you guys are all interested in surgery let's create a whatsapp group um, and then every time something's going on on a CPOD list or we need an extra hand in theatre we'll let you guys know and from there that's what started the Essex Surgical Girls. So um, we've grown a bit since then. So we're now um, national. So we've got members all over the country. We've got um, conferences and interview prep courses that we uh, host. We've got um, uh, other WhatsApp groups that we try to have. So we've got one, for example, for core surgical training applicants. There are about um, 60 to 70 people in that group. We help them, you know, they have questions that they want to ask and we guide them in that sense. Um, and our main purpose 
as um, the Essex Surgical Girls Group is, is to promote networking and mentoring um, from the ground up. So, you know, you've got foundation trainees who are helped by core surgical trainees who are encouraged by registrars. And we've got consultants um, who help us and guide us along the way as well. And we think that's really, really important, particularly in surgery, because um, a lot of it is, you know, it's a very... I mean, it's completely skills-based and there's a lot of uh, tradition that goes on behind surgery um, and there's a lot that you learn from your seniors and your mentors and that's what we've, that's what we're trying to help promote. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that overview. So I came across Essex Surgical Girls on Twitter and that would have been a little bit after kind of the grassroots WhatsApp group that was set up Um, and it was the first kind of local inclusive community that I'd seen for women in surgery for sure as a student who was working in Essex on placement um and even then as a student I kind of messaged on Twitter and I was just like how can I get involved and um whoever was behind that account sent me some resources and it just felt like that was the first time I'd ever been able to reach out to a surgeon that I maybe hadn't worked directly with on placement and I realised how much work was going on to make sure that women were feeling supported, uplifted to have that community. Because like you say, surgery is such a like traditionally um, patriarchal kind of establishment. Um, and it's so nice to hear that the consultant that kind of guided you all was male as well, because that just shows that things are changing. So yeah, that's how you got to here. Um, and I attended the virtual conference, uh, just, uh, was it just before or after Christmas? Yeah, it was in November. Um, and that was so useful, um, seeing how, how you actually go through applications, how you get your points and seeing people work together. And uh, instead of just, it's that horrible, toxic thing in medicine and surgery, I think, where, um, you're pitted against each other to get points to go to interviews. Uh, but instead everybody was helping each other and that was really inspiring as well yeah that's a big it's a it's a huge part of what we do um because we think it's so important and to go back to that idea of mentorship i think in all it's relevant to all specialties but the people you look up to you need to be able to see a bit of yourself in them um and obviously if you don't have that many seniors who are women you may not um appreciate that um Oh, what's the word? Not appreciate. You may not look up to them in the same way that you would if it's a female consultant. Um, And so that's really, really important for us to do um, to encourage people. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned some of the initiatives and resources and stuff that ESG has been doing. Um, So what are the future plans at the moment? Are you going to carry on with things like the yearly conference? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was that was so we'd held an interview prep course the year before. Um, we had lots of people come along and it was really successful. And so the following year, we thought we'd hold a conference. That was the first time we'd done it. Um, and I think, you know, it was just an opportunity for everyone to network. It was an opportunity for people to present their research and their topics and also get into that mindset of, um, you know, the, the conferences and the posters and presenting and um, getting feedback and answering questions appropriately. And we felt it worked really well. So we're certainly hoping to continue it on on to next year. What we're hoping to do with ESG in the future. So at the moment, we're a regional group and it's the Essex Surgical Girls, even though we have members nationally. Um, We're trying to see what we can do to create perhaps pockets 
of uh, other mentorship groups in other parts of the country, particularly as a lot of us have now moved on to London or to Wessex like myself um, or to Norwich like one of our members or to Leicester and so on. And so we'd hope to be able to create this national network of mentorship groups to, ha- to help encourage medical students and foundation doctors um, into surgery as well. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I think that's an amazing idea because um, there are a couple of kind of subgroups like the Royal College of Surgeons have women in surgery. Um, but I think like on a level of the people that you're working with in the hospital or um, maybe the students that you're teaching, etc. To be part of women in surgery with the Royal College of Surgeons, they have the big events and things. But other than that, it's not really, you're not in contact on a WhatsApp group or like mentoring on a, on a weekly basis. Um, and I think that we need that kind of support, especially at the moment. Um, and I've seen a lot of kind of subgroups of university societies pop up as well. University, um, surgical societies with kind of subcommittees for women in surgery. And I've got some to mention at the end and some events as well. Um, And it just seems like this is, yeah, since the pandemic started and things have gone online, you see more what's going on around the country because it's all there. But before, like you say, it it was in pockets and um, not as accessible, especially if you move jobs and with surgery, obviously going to move where probably wherever you get your dream job kind of thing and that might be across the country so leaving Essex surgical girls behind would be sad um you definitely got to take it with you yeah absolutely and I think it's important to ask you mentioned a very good point in terms of COVID so with surgery you need to have that exposure in theatre you need to have that downtime in the tea room where you're chatting to registrar and getting a bit of advice and so on and that, that those opportunities to network are really important and you've lost it all with COVID um <laughs> And so to have these online networks, whether it's a Zoom conference or a WhatsApp group or an Instagram page, um, it's making everything accessible to everyone. And so students or foundation trainees who do feel like they want to do surgery and do have a couple of questions, they know that there is someone that they can speak to who will encourage them and guide them as best as they can. Mm. Yeah, I think medical students have definitely been feeling um, that lack of kind of surgical theatre time as well. Uh, we we obviously got placements cancelled um, and then it's kind of been restricted think if the aerosol generating procedures, which it often is, um, especially in like orthopaedics and things, you're just not allowed to go in anymore. So uh, these online opportunities especially have been really useful for kind of keeping up that momentum, making sure you're getting involved. So next, I think maybe that leads on nicely to um, tips for medical students um, for getting involved in surgery. So um, what did you do as a student? Did did you know you wanted to do surgery when you were a medical student? Uh, So not initially, no. So initially, I thought I would end up in paediatrics or in medical oncology of some sort. I just found it really interesting. And I thought that that was the path I'd want to take. Um, I also personally found surgery and surgical societies quite daunting um, because you have this kind of image of surgery, you know, people who are very determined and who know where they're going. And when you're in in medical school, you don't always know what you want to do. Um, And then it was just kind of slowly we had, you know, obs and gynae placements in fourth year. And I realized actually love spending time in theater and really, really enjoying it. Um, And then at some point um, we had a lecture on pediatric surgery. And I remember just feeling like my mind had was like exploded and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's pediatrics and it's surgery and there's like 
so much variety and so many different things that you can do. And from then on, what I actually did is organized um, a kind of um, placement or observership in my free time, which I will admit isn't always isn't for everyone. But even just spending a couple of days or a week shadowing a surgical consultant outside of the realm of medical school. So you don't have, you know, the things that need signed off or, you know, you're not being, you don't have the pressure of exams in the back of your mind. You're just going in just to hang, just see the ward round, spend some time in theatre, see what clinics are like. Um, and I think that was really, really important to me to kind of approach it realistically as well. Because if you're going to commit to a career, you want to know every aspect of it because you're not always in theatre it's not the only thing that you do um there are all sorts of things that that come around it and so you need to be um sure essentially um and having that contact and that time to talk with the registrars talk with the CSTs talk with the consultants was super super important to me as well um and then from then on you know I tried to get involved in projects um I went back to spend uh, some SSC time. It was all done at the Royal London with the paediatric surgery department there. Um, tried to organise my elective around it and so on. So there is a lot that you have to do out of your own time um, if it's something that you're interested in. Sure. Um, but it's certainly um, worth it. I think once you find something that you're really interested in, it doesn't feel so much like work. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I ended up in, oh, in, in surgery. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned kind of chatting to seniors and mentorship. Um, how has mentorship played a role in getting where you are? I think it was huge, absolutely, um, in doing it. I think uh, as particularly um, as women. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I'll be candid. I did get a lot of comments as well when I was in medical school of, are you sure this is appropriate for you? Or people having concerns over my theoretical future and whether I thought that it would be a good work-life balance and so on. And it wasn't always uh, with a positive intention. Sometimes it was quite, you know, um, demeaning. Um, and I think having, and you, and also there's another part of you is also thinking, you know, is this something I can really do? Because it is very competitive. Um, and you do have lots of exams that you have to pass and you've got all the other extracurriculars things that you need to do. And so have, being able to speak to mentors, um, especially, um, you know, female registrars um, and just kind of say, actually, this is completely um, something feasible. Um, you have to work hard for it. Yes. But seeing how much they enjoyed what they were doing, seeing that they were having fulfilling lives otherwise um, was really, really inspiring and really reassuring as well. I think uh, when I was in uh, fourth or final year, the Surgical Society also held, um, at Barts, held an event for women in surgery. And so they invited, I think there was um, Miss Joshi, who was a paediatric surgical consultant at the Royal London. Um, there was an orthopedic consultant as well who was invited. I can't remember her name. Um, but listening to them go through their lives, and they, they talked all sorts of things about their lives. Like I think Miss Joshi told us about her maternity leave and how much time she had off and um, her career and her research and everything else. And, you know, you, you leave those events thinking, oh my God, this is, this is what I want to do. And actually this is something I'm fully capable of doing because here's someone that I can look up to who's done it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's like having that, um, exposure to someone who's done it. Um, this year, the same society did a women in surgery event, but it was like an international one. Um, and there were a few quite famous surgeons in the lineup. It was really cool to listen to them be so candid and open about how they have managed to get that career. 
Um, and I guess it comes in waves. Sometimes it's really super heavy on exams and you're, you're on call all the time. And then other times, you know, you've got some time off with your family if you've got one or to go and pursue hobbies, take a sabbatical, do research, whatever. Um, and I think the expectation is to just kind of like make sure, you know, why you're doing it, that you're motivated, that you love it. Um, and then make sure that you've got a well balanced life as well because, um, Obviously, work, work, work isn't always good. Um, for some people, it might be. But yeah, it's like finding that balance that's right for you. So it's not one size fits all. And I think that's what you're kind of scared of as a as a woman going into surgery. It's like, can I perform to the expectations in every part of my life for, that everybody else thinks I need to? Whereas really, it's about like what fits you. Um, and especially if you've got support in other areas of your life, then that helps a lot as well. But for sure, it's just having somebody to see that they made it through um, and that actually enjoyed it as well. Uh, it's always, it's great to see. Yeah, I, th- I think what I tend to tell students or foundation trainees or any people who are my juniors, which I've seen, is that the, yes, the work is a huge part of your life, but it works for you, not the other way around. So if you need to make it more flexible, if you need to have some time off, um, you know, it, it's always possible if you have a supportive team. And I think... As we progress in surgery, certainly traditionally, it was very male dominated and there's lots of data and lots of numbers out there into perceived barriers for women. But, you know, WINS, the Women's in Surgery Network for the RCS has done a lot of work into it. I think even um, uh, the British Orthopaedic uh, Training Associations of BOTA has done some work into bullying in the workplace and so on. And having this more supportive environment means that more people can do what they want to do and still get what they want out of life. Mm-hmm. It's just really important. Because you've got to be happy yeah, at the end of the day, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. If anything that I've learned from the last like year is that life is too short to not do what you want to do. Um, even if it's like all like you know starting a family and going through surgical training, why not have both? Like you can absolutely have both. So stuff that's going on at the moment. Um, so I've written down some events, but. What have you been doing kind of during the pandemic outside of work, if you've had any time, the online events that have been going on? um, Would you have any tips for how medical students can kind of keep involved in the world of surgery uh, when when basically we can't get into surgery? Yeah, so I think online events and especially with social media at the moment, I think, um, you know, Instagram is Instagram and Twitter are just hugely accessible um, for you to contact people and to be kept kind of in the loop of things that are going on um, and especially with how, ma- how many more um, regional um, other you know, sister mentorship programs like ESG um, are out there it's important to connect with them and see what they're doing um, you meant online events are very important even and even you know even if you can't physically get into a clinical environment even contacting consultants or registrars that you know that may work in hospitals that are linked to your medical school may be of help because you may not be physically there but there are, there are always projects that you may be able to get involved in in other ways um, and that relationship that you'll develop with them through research will certainly help you in other things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah um, you mentioned that you did some research uh, in medical school mm-hmm. um, how did you get like involved did you just reach out to a consultant you are placement <laughs> with or was it like I did yeah I think you've got to how do you do it yeah you've got to be quite um, you've got to take initiative and it was it, and I had you know I was lucky enough to have a group of friends in medical school who are also similar, similarly minded and so we were all kind of encouraging each other 
And the best thing to do is just to email a consultant. That's literally what you have to do. You have to just, you know, send an email saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm in fourth year, I'm in third year, I'm in fifth year. This is what I wanted to do. Is there anything I can be involved in? And to be honest, a lot of consultants, when they see how, you know, if they see someone who's got interest or someone who's taking initiative or someone who's keen, they're really happy to share with you because they're, you know, it's also something they're passionate about and they want to be able to share it with students. Um, and from there on, you can get a lot more because it may just start with a project, but then you may get involved in other things or they may help you with your applications or they may end up being your, ref- your um, you know, do your references and so on. So that's why it's, it's super important. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you don't lose anything by sending an email. The consultant's too busy and they don't answer, then so be it. There are other people you can contact. So it's always, always, always worth doing. Yeah, I think that's the biggest fear. Students think that they might be bothering the consultant, but I'm sure when you're on the other side, and obviously if you've had mentors in the past and, you know, you've been that student before, um, you want to help the next generation. Absolutely. So, um, we're definitely, uh, I think, poor consultants of Bart's healthcare <laughs> trust are now going to get a flurry of emails. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that uh, they could do us some help with research at the moment. So um, the events that I've got on my list here, there's an International Women's Day webinar, a conversation with Jane Dacra and Helena Kennedy, and that's the Royal College of Surgeons Membership Engagement Events team, so you can find that on Eventbrite. That's on Monday the 8th of March and then they also have the annual Women in Surgery Conference on Friday the 10th of September Um, and that's actually marking 30 years since this initiative was started as part of Royal College of Surgery. So that'll be an interesting event for sure. Um, And then there are a couple more things going on this week. So um, Bristol Women in Surgery in association with um, the Association of Surgeons in Training are doing an International Women's Day panel. Again, that's on Monday 8th of March. They've got an Instagram page. You can go sign up for that event on there. And then Wednesday the 10th of March, you've got Sexism in the Surgical Workplace with UCL and Keele University Societies. And then um, there's also this one, which I think is great. So Ladies Who Surge on Instagram. Um, we'll link that in the description. It has an ongoing Instagram real series of suturing techniques. So you can like have a go at home, um, buy the kit on Amazon and give it a go because... You know, these things that can come up in OSCEs, we're not getting that teaching at the hospital at the moment. So um, any skills that you can kind of keep on top of, that's a good way to to make sure that you're still learning something as a medical student. So I think that covers pretty much everything that we're going to talk about today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think it's just, you know, if you find something interesting, just keep pursuing it. I think that's what I'd say. And, you know, contact people, reach out and... Um, people are always happy to help always um and there will always be friendly people who will be you know, who want to guide you and want to mentor you so it's always worth trying to reach out yeah for sure that's the message i want to convey with this because um like i say i, I found essex surgical reels on twitter and the super lovely um kind of kept in touch over the years attended the conference before christmas and it just shows like one kind of twitter message can turn into something quite inspirational and now I'm interviewing you on a podcast so that's pretty cool um and yeah just making sure that um that you keep that confidence to to go with what your interests are and never be put off by something just because you think um you're an you're an underrepresented minority in a particular branch of medicine or surgery all right thank you so much for your time 
and I will close with we'll be doing another episode soon and again all of our social media is linked in the description and bye for now take care